Welcome everyone to another episode of Classroom to Staffroom where we talk all things teaching. I'm joined by my co-host Jody Epia. How are we all? I'm Miles O'Kane and we look forward to taking you all along for the ride. Well man, week two, term four, where were you in comparison to this time last year? Better place, not as good place in your teaching? I think the cool thing is as time progresses, practice, you're always trying to get better than what you've done. And I think this time around, having practices, having practice with the year sevens for the last two, three years, mm-hmm. it's just, just that stuff. routine and process. And then you fine tune every time. So what you found out that didn't work in the first year, you tweak for the second year and then you tweak again for the third year. Yep. So yeah, I think this time around, I think comparison to previous years, these sevens that I've got, Mind you, the very first group of year sevens that I had, I, I really, I grew close to that group. The first year of the school we're at together? Yeah. Okay. And but this group that I've got now, man, they've just come, they're, they're coming home strong. This group. Mate, that fourth term, fourth quarter, yeah. bring it home team, bring it home. I've started my organisation a little bit different this year, as in I'm recording like the main things I'm doing in the term week. Basis, so it's like in a leadership position, having like what week I need to have this done by, mm. have these results in by, have these classroom terms. Just so as over the years, you just able to see where you're traveling throughout mm. the term because that term four can starts off not too bad, but obviously does get a little bit heavy. I still think term two is the hardest one, but term four uh, can start to pile up a little bit as well. Mm. All right, the question. Being a hardworking man like yourself, especially in the teaching profession, <laughs> what keeps you motivated to work hard being a teacher? Mm. I suppose at the end of the day, I will always say this, put the kids at the centre of the Yeah. It's seeing the, the little light bulb moments that constantly you know, that go off and then all of a sudden you have breakthrough with the kid because the kid is like, wow, this is, I get it. Yeah. Just recently as today, I had a kid that simply goes, oh, just following his thoughts. Yeah. It's a nice thing, isn't it? Especially if you could tie in the context to the topic at the time. Yeah. So watching a kid just rattle off how, so we've just been hammering how to find clues, mm-hmm. how to use the clues to, mm-hmm. to create an answer. Mm-hmm. Man, he, he identified the clues. He then set the mathematical processes to get to find the X. Mm-hmm. So good. I'm, I'm the same, man. I'm oh, sorry, Katie. I'm the same. I've always, with my teaching, been in it because I want to, you know, as a cliche as it sounds, to change lives and to use education to get students, especially in the schools we've taught at, hard to start schools, low socioeconomic, to get students to a better life. But it can get draining as well. I know there's times you feel like you're investing all this amount of work at times and the reward can feel minimal in return. But that's what I use for the motivation. Um, I think it's, you know, if I, with these group of students or the students I have over the years, these years, I've got enough faith in my ability to help them yeah. to get them to a better place, which I think, you know, that uh, teaching the money is good. We talked about the lifestyle is awesome with teaching, but I think those things, to be highly productive, I guess, to have those and the passion as well to help those students get to a better place, that's what really fuels everything. I think, I think just jumping on that a little bit, it's also like, you can make a student, mm-hmm. the outcome for a student, you can either make it or you can break it either way, and it can go either way so easily. So that's why the way that you're teaching and that we should be teaching is trying to encourage these kids to always push themselves to the next level, always extend themselves, yeah. don't just settle because, oh, well, I've, I've just passed. No, keep pushing. So I suppose it's just trying to raise the ability of the kid to not only believe in themselves, 
but believe that no matter what, they can transfer this into whatever area of their life and keep doing the same things. So good habits create more good habits yeah. and become transferable. Yeah. I think that I'm, I'm going to say now, I have last few years slowed down with, at least um, with my students, slowed down with continual pushing progression. Like I think I used to be just be like, oh, we've achieved this goal, now the next one. Which, so for example, was marking a lower school set of tests today. They did pretty well. So instead of starting the new topic tomorrow, kind of do some easier mm-hmm. lesson rewards up. But just to, I think at times as well, it's nice to appreciate what you've achieved as well. Now, again, it's not just going around just hands off the wheel and do what you want, but let's just appreciate this for a lesson Absolutely. or something and then get back. And I think, and I have the suspicion the students appreciate that as yep. well. Bask in the fact that they've done well. Yeah. Allow them to be good, to just sit and think, wow, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. Instead of just getting out the stick again and say, right, we're on to the next one. Drive, 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 drive. Uh, so the yeah, so the topic for this episode is going to be teaching practums or mm. teaching prax. I think heading into so most university undergraduates this time of the year, they're kind of heading into prax or maybe some of them in their final prax. So now's probably a good time to sort of talk about our experience with prax, oh, yeah. both being prax teachers and having supervised a fair few prax teachers mm. over the years, and maybe part with a little bit of wisdom advice for what we can do. So let's break it down into the first point being our teaching prac experience. Your teaching prac, your feelings going into it. Ooh. So how so where are you in so you this is you're back in, in New Zealand. Back in New Zealand. Yeah, back in India. Yeah. I was um I went in knowing that I had prepped, like done all the behind the scenes stuff, all the planning. Did you know do you know anything about the school you ended up there? Did you choose to go there? Oh, I chose to go to this one because I, I knew what the school was about. Yeah. Which you talked about in previous yeah, episodes. Yeah. And I got this one lady, man, she was she was quite hard and I, I appreciate what she'd done at the time. But I over my twenty three years of teaching of I've not taught like how that lady teaches. And that was simply because um, she was very driven by time mm-hmm. and everything had to be meticulously on time. Yes. Irrespective. Yeah. I today still use time as a thing, but I give it like a, a between. If it happens, it happens in between. Great. If it goes over for whatever reason, then that's okay. So she used to give me the she's teaching year eight, year nine equivalents? Yeah. So how many transitions would you do in a lesson kind of thing? Like three sections yeah. to lessons? Yeah, at least three. And then those are timed out, yeah. 15 minutes for this, yeah. 30 for this. And then when you look at what she was trying to do, I understood her point, but then sometimes it didn't allow natural learning to occur. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it didn't allow spontaneous life learning to occur. Mm-hmm. Because it shut it out because you just it wasn't factored into your planning. Mm-hmm. So I remember her critiquing me one time and she said, Oh, you spent you spent ten seconds too long on this. I was like, Whoa. Ten seconds. Yeah. Just threw out ten seconds at yeah. you. Yeah. Wow. So I had to rewrite my rewrite my plans again for another another go. And um done it better. But still it was like she was so pedantic on time. Now it's good that you can be times. It worked for her. It's, yeah. not, it's not a one-size-fits-all. And that's why I think I think one thing that I did take away is the fact that I do write my times up on the board. Yeah. I do go from zero to five minutes. Yeah. Introduction, roll, prep, grab yeah. all your equipment. Five to 15, we're going to do a brain teaser or warm-up. That way the kids know that in this first part of the session, we're just going to be doing a game of greedy people or whatever. Yeah. And then the core of it is in the next part afterwards. Okay, so let's go, let's go a little bit different. Let's look at the mindset. So I remember, so I'm 23 at the time, stepping into 
my first job. I think I even wore a tie the first day mm. at a public school. Oh, yeah. Never lived it down <laughs> and never did it again. But that was, I actually don't know why I did that. I think I, I was especially because my face looks so young now. I want to be able to distinguish myself from oh, yeah. students. <laughs> I told you the story, like on my first class, I walked in, had year 12s, yes, and I walked in and like, who's the student sitting in the chair? I'm like, no, I'm your teacher. Yeah. And then like, for like five minutes, just heckled me. And yeah, that was my start to the teaching profession. <laughs> but no, I remember, I remember sitting there. No, so that was my second practice. My first practice was still down in the city. Yes, weird. I think, because obviously teaching is very much, majority of it's public speaking, which can be a big fear for a lot of people. I think... My mum being a teacher, my dad being a public servant who lectured and stuff was always, we got forced when we were young, me and my brothers were pushed into a lot of public speaking opportunities, which I used to hate. But when the time I got to teaching, I'd done enough. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I felt confident enough. But I remember sitting there going, standing up in front of the, the class, and it was 20, 25, 30 students. You're like, this is crazy to be, I'm in charge right now of all yeah. these eyes looking at me. I mean, the attention spans weren't as bad back then as they are now, but you got to sort of keep this class in front of you focused for the next hour back then. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, isn't it, when you go in there? It's kind of like you can, and not saying universities are wrong or right for this, you can do all this theory behind stuff, especially yeah. teaching, but until you're in there in the environment with all the elements that could go wrong, yeah. you kind of don't know until you, until you know and you yeah. do it which I found fascinating. Uh, but it was a three-week crack. It went pretty well at this <laughs> school. All that, again, was a pretty rough school. It had a bit of a reputation, but I loved it. I mean, I chose to go there. I wanted to go there. It was what I was after. Um, I had, yeah, some shooter shortages or whatever. They were missing certain supervisors. So one of the supervisors I had wasn't the best. One of the supervisors I had for mass was really good. Um, we're still friends to this day. She was a good operator. But and that's kind of that can be a make or break situation. If you go, especially if you're young in teaching, you know, I think a lot of teaching in those hard schools could comes down to life experience. Yeah. I'd like you have traveled a fair bit and stuff. But if you have, and we mentioned it before, if you don't have a, a strong supervisor or support system around mm. the school, it can probably lead to a bit of despair yeah. and needing to get out of it, which can be hard. But yeah, three weeks flew by. Remember my, so the lesson you get observed for. Mm. So the external observer comes in. Oh, yeah. I never prepared so hard in my life. <laughs> I remember saying, then you nailed it. But it was because you just put everything into one lesson. Yeah. I remember once we had our debrief and it went quite well. I remember sitting there going, I could not do this for the rest of my career. Every lesson like this. <laughs> it did be the best lesson ever, but just absolutely driving insane with planning. <laughs> I had a look at, I've done another practice. Oh man, the cool thing was, was that the whole school was so supportive and it made it like you felt like a part of the part of the school. Yeah. So one prac compared to another prac can be totally different based on who you get, what school you go to. Definitely. So one of the one of the schools that I, I ended up working there for ten years. Just loved it. Just loved everything about it. Loved the whole culture behind it. And I even loved the fact because I, I think I may have said that earlier was he asked the principal asked me, Oh, well, where do you see yourself in five years time and even cheeky at the time. I said, oh, I'm sitting in your seat and yeah. well, my job is to get you ready for this. Man, and, and that response, that right there got me like, yeah, you got, yeah, I'll follow you at the battle. Wherever you want to go, yeah. you've got me there. It's inspiring, isn't yeah. it? Do you, so you started as a sport teacher, you started as a generalist teacher, teaching everything? Um, but I, well, I actually entered in as a generalist, to be honest. Okay. But, but I ended up going into more sports purely because just loved it. Just yeah. Love sports. Yeah. Do you remember your attire where you wore right. the first day? Right. Shorts, shoes, 
and pants. No, no pants. No tie. No. no. Mate, we live no different way. lives. No way. Collar shirt. Yeah, collar shirt. T-shirt. No, polo shirt. Polo shirt. Yeah. Polo back yeah, then, no? eh? Yeah. What brand? Wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> Did you, um, so your first, either of your pracs, let's go with the first one, did you get a spot in the office? Yeah, so my first prac got a spot in the office. My second prac, there was no room left. I got put, they had a student's <laughs> table to decide to put the naughty kids. That was my table for six weeks, which was kind of, which is funny, but like, I like how my personality could take it. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. Had, yeah, like you had the wrong personality towards it, you'd be having all kinds of issues. Is one that I'm going to say to everyone that's looking at here. Do not get put next to the door, whatever you can. Yeah, and the phone. Yeah, and the phone. The phone. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely living that at the moment with the phone. The door, the door's a bad one. Oh. And that's my thing. You're next to the door. That's your job. Yeah. I'm not walking across the room. Yeah. And then that person's not there. It's the next closest person. Yeah. <laughs> the phone's a tough one, though. Yeah. Especially in a leadership position, you have to pick up and you're like, I can't avoid this anymore. And I had years of my career not answering the phone. Oh. I used, sorry, I used to love when I was young because the young spirited side would come out <laughs> and just be on there, and then I got over it. Yeah. I still do the old uh, little, uh, um, welcome to such and such fish and chip shop. Yeah. Can I take your order? Yeah. And they're like, oh, welcome oh. to such and such nerve center. <laughs> this is such and such. And they're like, am I this math department? Well, I could be. Show me where you want to go. It's funny. And then I said, no, 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 no. Here you are. And they go, oh. I thought, well, the cool thing is, I think, you got to have a laugh, you know, you got to have sort of play around with people. Definitely. Um, I think the ones that you'd also learn to keep on side is definitely keep admin staff the front leg. Were you? So I was always told that. Well, was, that was like old school teaching advice. Maybe because my mum was a teacher, she'd always say that. And I know any teacher I cross paths with my career that taught for 20, 30 years would always say, look after the, the cleaners, look yep. after the school oh, admin. Yes. And I think so. I think we're both being polite people. We're yep. good like that. But definitely, because those generally ladies, not saying always, but generally in my experience being ladies up there, they're working the backbone up to get oh, on yeah. together. Probably not paid as much as they should be. Mm. Probably not seen as much as they should be doing everything. Yeah. I definitely agree. Oh, but yeah. yet, when you need to do stuff, we'll be the first ones to help you out. Okay. That's great advice. Any teachers out there heading into your your career starting off look after the admin team Absolutely. and they would treat you like gold I'll definitely say always support the relief coordinator well don't go too far no that's me <laughs> no, Shane, that's yeah. uh, no, what is very good I was just kidding <laughs> please don't hold it against me um, how did you how did you find the staff room on your products any weird dynamics no you can you can tell that there are certain clicks inside some of the staff room but I got told off for sitting in someone's chair oh well, no, I'm on. This, what, what do you mean it's your chair so you're in my chair well it's going to be awkward isn't it wow well, yeah yeah I've never had that situation happen yeah in my chair Oof. Oh, well, okay. No, which I was, if I was a respect these days, I wouldn't move. I was a respectful back then, mm-hmm. so I moved. But I was like, I don't know, you've got the clean chairs and stuff. But even it's probably, what's your experience in different schools with staff rooms? Do you find it quite tribal, as in your departments stick together? It seems like I don't go to the staff room much anymore, but it used to be back in the day, like you'd have your, your cliques, either your friendship groups, yeah. or then just your departments would kind of have their territories in the mm-hmm. staff rooms. I think mean, I mean, that's pretty much consistently how it is. Yeah. And if you can stay away from the, from the staff room, unfortunately, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people are staying in their own little departments. So it's like you're in your own bubble and you sort of just mingle. You see, I love up. that bubble. I'm used yeah. to that bubble. Because when I come to the staff room and they rearrange like, the tables into like you have to talk to one another, I'm like, oh, just give me my bubble back. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll, I'll come across the bubble quite often. Get out of your comfort zone, people. Yeah. Talk to all your staff members. <laughs> I'm just old and grumpy. <laughs> all right. Um, so, okay. So now let's fast forward a bit. So we get through our practice teaching for a while. Mm. Now as teachers, we start supervising yes. practice teachers coming through. Mm. Okay. So let's drill down specifically and talk about what we look for in practice students. I guess... Um, Good practice students, exceptional practice students, things like that. What so you? I've had probably close so fifteen years of teaching, close to probably ten practice students over my time. Mm. Is that similar to you? Probably had a bit more. No, man. No? I, I I try not to have a practice because on one way I want them to learn how I learn, but I want them to also learn their own style. So I've only had a couple practice and all of that is based around not having, didn't want to have one, but got told, hey, you need to have one. So I took one on, and it was cool. Great, great, became a great teacher. But it was just trying to make them find their own way, like stick to the guidelines that they have to obviously fulfill. Just raising children, your pressures, eh? Yeah, it's it, man. <laughs> no, it, it very much is, though. It's very much. They've got to find their own way as well. Yeah. How have you, my caliber options across the ones I've seen been very up and down? It's probably, probably most of them have been um, teacher worthy, I guess. Mm. I've passed them. Yeah. Some of them did really well, yeah. some of them not so well. Have you had, have they been around a similar level for you? Well, I would say a lot of the, a lot of the young ones who come in with enthusiasm, that's half the battle there. They mm-hmm. put together. But it's the little things that I look at. I look at the facts of like whether they've used their initiative, whether they can read body language, whether they can just read the room, all these certain dynamics that, that come into play all at the same time. And even if a situation sort of happens that you have to deal with at the same time as keeping everybody else working, I look at that dynamic now for... If I have to do a critique back on how they dealt with it in a good way, I would pass them because there's so many. Let's, yeah, let's, let's, okay, let's do this now. This is a good segue. Mm. So, for all those eager practitioners out there trying to figure out how they can hack it to get a HD or what advice can they get, mm. let's start going to that. What can you look for or what do you look for that a student will be a high distinction worthy student? So, for me, the first one's a level of want. You, obviously, you get a marking rubrics, and we got to follow certain stuff. But before I even see that, I want to see a level of you want to be in the profession. Not that you live and breathe every teaching, but you're not just teaching because it was a second or third option. Right. You didn't get what you wanted to do, or you're doing it for the holidays, which, again, most people, when they're in teaching, want to give it a go. Mm. But you're not you're there for the right reasons. I look at the same thing. I look at practitioners coming into the job enthusiasm is always there but it's their ability to communicate not with just the kids but also with other staff mm-hmm. that's one of the key level of professionalism yeah and, and just even just being comfortable to have a conversation like yeah that, i think that's a that's a telltale sign i've come across a couple even recently that we've had in our office yeah who just have general conversations like how we have jumps in with the banter it's the ones that you notice that stand off those really stick out for me like oh yeah you just don't feel comfortable jumping in here. But it should. Which is fine, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's when sometimes people can come in overconfident and maybe still, I find for me, the new to the profession probably haven't, I haven't seen them. Then I, that's a few, I haven't seen them in the classroom. I think that's a red flag for me. And maybe sometimes they can go through and be pretty impressive. A lot of the times it's they're talking it up, I find. 
the next specific skill for me that I'd look for to get a prac teacher to a higher grade would be strong rapport building skills with students. And I think that's, I still debate whether it's the most important, it's definitely one of the most important skills, but I was always told um, going through teaching that rapport building was your most important skill. It's definitely a important skill. Absolutely. Um, and I think that a teacher that's going to be in a high distinction level, a crack teacher, will need to be able to demonstrate that. Yep. And yep. I think that ability to create that, and here's the thing, it's not just creating that relationship, not just the class, but also with the teacher, mm-hmm. other teachers in the department, but even in the whole school community. It's how they hold themselves, how they interact, how they say hello, simply greeting other people, mm-hmm. you know, with absolute, hey, how are you, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think when you look at those ones who are too shy, they're going to be slow burn teachers. They'll slowly get up to where they get, but further down. If you want to hit the ground running, you need to step outside yourself sometimes and just go for it, you know, say hello, you have a grow, you have a whatever. But building relationships is a key factor, but it's not that key. Because there's so many other dynamics, you know. Yeah. Classroom management. Yeah. Your classroom yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. Classroom management skills, mm-hmm. controlling the classroom, et cetera. Yeah. I think then moving away from sort of behavior skills, I think I like to look for, especially in maths, sort of innovative ways yeah. that teachers are trying to teach the content. Yeah. I think maths is probably, we've all went through the system as a turn to this page. And then do these questions, which is you kind of, I guess you start teaching how you were taught. I definitely did that. But if I see, and it's a rare occasion, I see a prac teacher that's got good um, rapport building skills, good classroom management skills, is teaching the content in you know, an engaging, exciting way. Mm. That's ticking all the right boxes oh, yeah. to be a high-performing yeah. prac student. Yeah. Another one is, yeah, so I mean, I'm very much, I'm big on, process and organization so if they're teaching a block of a couple of weeks i want to see a well stepped out i'm not crazy like lesson plans is a part of the the rubric so they need to be done as a leader once a prac teacher graduates in the profession i'm not overly worried about seeing teaching plans but i Mm. do want to see that you're teaching the lessons in a logical order and you've got your recaps from the previous lessons and you've got your which direction you're heading to you know, so if I see a practice, you'd come prepared with highly detailed plans, awesome, but I don't want them spending all their time on their plans. I want them to be able to sort of go, as I said, sort of good, you know, rapport building skills, classroom management skills, exciting, engaging ways to teach the topic, and then have a level of detail in their planning. Yeah. That, for me, is going to put them in the right direction to score pretty mm-hmm. highly. It is, on their break. It's all those combinations. It, it's a whole, in the teaching profession, you're doing so many things at the same time. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even realise that you're doing all these things until someone says, oh, did you realise you've done this? And this? Yeah, that's a very good point as well. Have a, have a level of, um, you'd be critiqued. Yeah. And it was probably hard, but like I know, yeah, when you're young and you knew your stuff, that you want to think you're doing everything incredibly well to start with. There's going to be a level of you have to improve on stuff. Yeah. But that's how we all do it. I think so looking at we've got a, four or five minutes left final point um, let's sort of take a sort of draw a bit back out our advice for teachers who are possibly about to head on practice general advice I think have a mindset to challenge yourself and learn as much as you can while you're on practice I think it's easy as humans to want to stay in our comfort zones it's you know it's 
yeah, it's comfortable. It's uh, easy to do. Yeah. It's, it's safe. But get a sense of the teacher you want to grow into. That's right. Be a team player. Next, another one. You're teaching these good team players. I think especially if you're in the you're in the trenches, whether whatever school you're at, you're in the trenches with those teachers around you. You want to come to a place that you get along with your team. Now, that's not yeah. saying that you just have to do everything for everyone, but there needs to be a level of unity amongst yes. that unit. And you find that's going to get the most out of the students in that department or oh, across yeah. that sector of the school. And then finally, for me, is don't be afraid to ask for support. Yes. It can be daunting stepping into teaching to start with. Go to look at different teachers, ask, talk to different teachers, just get as much feedback, observations, understand as you can, and then just sort of synthesize that information the best way possible. Absolutely. I mean, the first thing I'll say, be early, get there early. Yes. Get there way before, way before an expected time. Um, be prepared, get all your stuff together. Introduce yourself to people that is not going to be in your department, even if it's like the admin stuff. You know, make yourself known to the admin stuff, say a good morning, make a good impression. Um, just be forthcoming in the sense, just be on the front foot and be willing to be open to take on any form of positive or negative criticism because at the end of the day, it's going to make you grow. Um, The other one is go in knowing that you're trying your best and if it doesn't work, it's not the end of the world. That's the beauty of of teaching is that you can change it around. You can retweak it. You can add this to it or take this away and then you can do this different lesson or similar lesson the next day and the next lesson could be amazing so i'll just say to any practice students getting out there go out there with with an open mind to want to help increase your as you said collect as many as much information as you can yep bring it into your repertoire into your basket of knowledge mm-hmm. and just file it so when you need it it's good to go and that's not just physical filing that's everything that you put into your mind and you think wow i like that Wow, I I watched so and so do that. I'm going to try that. Be open to different things. Yeah. But as you said, um, new practitioners who've got coming in with initiatives, put those forward into your planning as well. Have the courage. Yeah, because your the new way of teaching could be like, wow, that's great. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we're going to pay what you were doing like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. I'm going to leave on the point though. Just enjoy the ride. Take every day as it comes. If you have a bad day, just don't carry it on. And it's easy to do. Just refresh every sunset. There's a chance to start again. And every second of the day, the chance to move forward. So, like always, thank you for listening. And we look forward to the next episode. Thank you.